Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. Well, we are, uh, we're nearing the end of our, uh, our Seven Deadly Sins series. We've covered uh, pride, envy, gluttony, anger, last week greed, And so we've come to number six on our list of seven, which is slothfulness. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Uh, I wasn't aware of it. When I first was putting this sermon series together, oh, memory verse. I forgot the memory verse. (laughs) The irony. Okay, let's stand and recite this week's memory verse, which is 1 John 1, 8. And it says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. One more time. 1 John 1, 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I think that's the best I've heard you guys so far. And so while you're standing, I'm just getting next week, we're going to follow it up with verse nine that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. First John one nine next week. So you may be seated. All right, well, anyway, good to have Will back with us. And uh, also, I want to thank Randall Walsingham, who stepped in and, and headed up our ushers. While Will is our, is our head usher, but uh, Randall Walsingham just jumped in there and has done such an incredible job. And these two guys will be working together uh, in our ushering ministry. But thank you, Randall, for the great job you've done uh, in Will's absence. So anyway, trying to remember where was I at. I was talking about when I was putting this uh, series together, I was uh, looking at different things on the internet. I, I found that there have been colors that have been assigned to the seven deadly sins, and there have been animals that were assigned to represent the seven deadly sins. Now, the color thing didn't interest me all that much, but I was kind of intrigued by the fact that animals had been assigned to each particular deadly sin. Would you like to know what they are? I'm glad you said that, because I made all these slides and everything. So, <laughs> Okay, the first on the list is pride. Now, my guess for pride would have been a lion. You know, king of the jungle, they, they travel and live in prides. But no, pride is represented by the horse. Doesn't really make... <laughs> And so I could only assume they picked the horse to represent pride, see, because that's Mr. Ed, and he was probably all full of himself and thought he was better than all the other horses because he could talk, you know. <laughs> then envy, envy was represented by the dog. I don't understand that either. That's Easter dog, by the way, is. I'm thinking maybe due to the fact that no matter how green and lush all of my neighbor's yards are, the dog always seems to prefer my yard, you know, envy my yard, if you know what I'm saying, but maybe you don't. 
The next was gluttony. This one, it was really the only one that made a lot of sense. Gluttony represented by the pig. No real explanation needed there. And then anger. Anger is represented by the bear. Now, once again, I, I would have guessed something like maybe a Tasmanian devil or something like that. But uh, I, the bear, maybe it makes a little sense. You think of Smokey the bear there. You know, he's, he's, for years he's been carrying that shovel around. I always thought it was to put out forest fires. I'll bet it's maybe to knock people over the head that start forest fires. And so that's how the bear got there. Greed, greed is represented by the frog. I don't get that one either. Uh, I used to live on a lake, and, uh, you know, in all my years living there, saw a lot of frogs, never looked at one and said, now that looks like a greedy frog right there. And then sloth, slothfulness, is represented by what? See, I thought the same thing, but you know what? It's represented by a goat. How much of a genius would it have taken to make a sloth represent sloth? I don't know. I didn't come up with this. And then, of course, next week, we wrap this thing up with lust, and lust is obviously represented by the cow. Don't ask me why. I, the cow. The cow is not all that particularly good looking. I can only assume the cow was chosen for other reasons. <laughs> oh, I got more where that came from. But today we're talking about sloth. I think that sloth should have been chosen to represent sloth. So we're just going to use uh, sloth. There's the sloth right there. I want, I want uh, to begin this morning by turning to 2 Thessalonians 3. 6 through 10. Let's read this verse together. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. Two important words there are idle lives, which means can be translated slothful lives. The word idle is used in many places throughout the Bible, and it can be translated as slothful. But idle is a kind of an interesting word. Most of the time when we use that word, we're usually talking about, you know, a, a car engine or some kind of engine that's idling. When a car is running, but it's not going anywhere, it's just idling, right? In other words, it's using up resources, it's taking up space, but it's not really doing anything. And that's what our lives are like when we're slothful. You know, we're just sitting around, using resources, taking up space, but we're not really making any type of difference in the world whatsoever. And we've all been guilty of that at various points in our life. Now let's read verses 6 all the way through 10. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they receive from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work 
will not get to eat. I think the real psychology behind the seven deadly sins is not whether or not we have or have had them in our lives, because we all have, but rather to what extent do we allow them into our lives? Now here's the definition of slothfulness. The avoidance of physical or spiritual work or action. The issue that we want to focus on this morning is how we can replace slothfulness in our lives with the virtue of diligence. You know, sloth may just be one of the most dangerous of the seven deadly sins. I think what makes it so dangerous is the fact that when you look at this list of seven deadly sins, slothfulness appears to be the least menacing, doesn't it? And therefore, people don't pay a lot of attention to it. Another thing that makes slothfulness so dangerous is the fact that in many ways, sloth is the great enemy of love. What is the opposite of love? That's what most people say, hate. However, I will have you know that today, counselors and most psychologists would argue that the opposite of love is really indifference. In most troubled marriages today, the husband and wife, they don't necessarily hate each other. In a lot of cases, they've just reached a point of indifference. They just don't care anymore. Maybe at work. Boy, slothfulness can really creep in and grab us in, the, in that area of our life. You know, a lot of people don't love their work, but it's not usually that they absolutely hate it either. Maybe they just have stopped caring. And that's what slothfulness really is. It is a form of indifference in our life. It gets us to a point where we just don't care. That's the dangerous part. When we have that type of indifference in our lives, we don't care about family. We don't care about those around us. We don't care about our work. And the Bible tells us that that type of attitude is going to carry with it some very, very serious consequences. Now here is one of the dangerous mottos of sloth. Never do today what you can put off till tomorrow. How many of you have ever put that into action in your life? <laughs> Never do today what you can put off until tomorrow. And when we live that kind of life, the Bible tells us there's going to be consequences that we face. So before we look at how to rid our life of slothfulness, Let's spend a little time looking at five very deadly results of sloth in our life. The first one, first deadly result of slothfulness getting a grip on our life is despair. On the outside, sloth looks a bit like lazy, right? Because when sloth has a grip on our life, we don't feel like doing much of anything. And that looks like laziness, but the truth is it can be slothfulness can be even more dangerous. Laziness is a byproduct of slothfulness. Sloth is this form of despair that begins, as I said, with indifference. You see someone in need and you are now able to just kind of 
shrug your shoulders and keep walking. Ah, you know, I don't care. Nothing I can do about that. It's like there's a switch in our hearts that has been turned off. And now, you know, all we find ourselves saying a lot of times is, oh, you know, I don't care. Sloth is the thing that gives us that attitude that says, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a politician, I won't mention any names, that recently made a comment that says, what good is prayer? It doesn't make any difference anyway. People in the pews are still experiencing pain. Wow, that is slothfulness has gripped someone's heart to the point where they just don't care. And that attitude, I, I just don't care. Man, it can, be, it can quickly and easily become habit-forming in our life. When sloth gets a hold of you, it is not very easy to shake. In fact, I would say slothfulness is one of the greatest tools that Satan uses to rob us of the joy and purpose uh, in our life that, that God intends for us to experience. He uses slothfulness to keep us from fulfilling this very unique plan that God has for our life because, well, we'll you know, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. I don't really care right now. Well, I tell you, Satan uses this one every day. Let's look at John 10, verse 10. It's, you're familiar with this. The thief comes only to kill, to steal, and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest, or as the King James says, and have it more abundantly. Satan loves to use slothfulness to rob us of, our, of living our life to the fullest, to living our life with abundance, and it leads to despair in our life. The second deadly result of sloth is financial hardship. Sloth always leads to this lack of drive in our life. We have a lack of desire. We just don't care if it gets done. A lack of determination. And ultimately, we have this lack of accomplishment. We don't do anything. We don't get anything done. You don't bother trying for that promotion at work. You're not really trying all that hard to even hang on to that job. You're just kind of bored with it. You make excuses why no, the job just isn't that important anymore. Uh, the people at work, you know, man, they, they just don't respect me the way they should. I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. That's a big one. You know, this young kid got out of college. He's all full of himself. You know, went to his first job interview. He sits down, and the interview just starts kind of, you know, reeling one question after another. Uh, and finally, and this kid, right in the middle, he interrupts the, the interview. And he says, hey, wait, 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 just a minute. You know, before we go all through this, let me just ask you one thing. How much does this job pay? And the guy looked at him, this kid, he says, well, how much are you worth? The kid says, oh, no, I don't work for anybody that cheap. <laughs> Some sloth has crept in. When that's our attitude, you're always going to find yourself short on finances, never having enough. Sloth always leads to financial problems. 
Proverbs 19.15 says, Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. See, there it's even differentiating between just being lazy for a while or slothfulness, which has gripped our life. Lazy people sleep soundly, but slothfulness leaves them hungry. So the sermon text today, it says it very said it pretty plainly up front there, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Now you have to notice, says, well, man, that's, uh, that pretty, uh, that's pretty stringent. Well, it says those unwilling to work. It doesn't say those unable to work, right? Man, if our government could get a grip on that biblical concept, it would save taxpayers billions of dollars. Well, let me ask you, sir, are you unable to work or just unwilling to work? I'll, I'll leave it there. I don't get all political here, but it does make you scratch your head once in a while, right? A slothful person doesn't have the work ethic to ha- develop a great career. A slothful person doesn't work hard to salvage damaged relationships in their life, which is why the divorce rate is so high. Because sloth creeps in and pretty soon it's just not worth working out. I just don't care enough to make it work out. Slothfulness always will steer us toward the easy way out. Today it's so much easier to just file for divorce than it is to commit to doing whatever it takes to make a marriage work. Proverbs 10.5 says, A wise youth harvests in the summer, but the one who sleeps during the harvest is a disgrace. So we've covered, we talked about despair, financial hardships, missed opportunities that are deadly results. The next one is this. Give me... Thought I missed something. But I'm up to speed. Broken relationships. I mentioned that. A slothful person never is never there for anyone. A slothful person is never there for his family. Never there for his friends. Not there for his spouse a lot of times. And the reason is because slothfulness makes us very, very self-absorbed. We don't care about anything. If we do care about, care about something, it'll be about ourselves. But the more sloth gets a grip of your heart, pretty soon you don't even care about yourself anymore, let alone anyone else. Sloth makes us very self-absorbed. We don't care about things. We certainly aren't going to make the effort to say, I'm sorry, we're not going to make the effort, and it's too much, certainly too much trouble to say, I love you. You know, sending a card, buying a thoughtful present, probably not going to happen with a slothful person. The slothful person's attitude quickly becomes this. It's, it's listen, you need to understand, I am really not here for you. I'm just mostly here for me. And that is deadly to any relationship, right? Proverbs 18.9 says, 
A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. You think, well, why is that? Well, the truth is, if we're lazy people, we destroy things. That is what sloth does in our lives. It, it destroys our relationships. It destroys our work ethic. And that brings us to the fifth of the deadly results of sloth. And man, this one is so prevalent. You ready? Boredom. I'm bored. Maybe you didn't see that one coming. Doesn't seem all that deadly, right? I'm telling you, boredom can tear you up. Take it to the bank. Whenever sloth is present in our lives, so is boredom. Mom and dads, here's a challenge. The next time your kids start whining, I'm bored. Now, how many of you hear that? What's the matter with you? I'm bored. I'm bored. Give me this. I'm bored. Here's what you do. When you hear that, you know they are right smack in the middle of a big old sloth attack. And here's what you do. You put them to work. <laughs> well, you nail them. You put them to work. They're not going to be crazy about it, but it's better than letting sloth get a grip on their life and they'll stop complaining to you about being bored. It works. When sloth is ruling in our life, we lose the passion for life and for goodness, for joy and for laughter. And we're just content to sit around and just let life kind of roll on by. Somebody, somebody said this. They said, a slothful man is a man who goes through life on autopilot. Like a man with a bad head cold, he's mostly lost his sense of taste and smell. He knows something is wrong, but just not wrong enough to do something about it, and he just coasts through life. God created all of us with this uh, capacity to experience you know, incredible joy and passion and creativity in our life. But slothfulness robs us of all of those great emotions and passions. And instead of our existence being one of God's greatest gifts to us, our existence becomes a burden to us. We just get tired with life. When God has placed us on this planet, to live it abundantly. It should be exciting. Every day brings a little bit of new excitement. But all of a sudden, when sloth grips our heart, we just don't find joy in the things that, that we can see and that we can feel and touch. And we just get bored with life. And that is what sloth does. It just it literally robs us of life. Anything that robs us of life is deadly. It's robbing us of life. So how do we get rid of these deadly things in our life? If we look at the opposite uh, of sloth, which is diligence, we can really look to the one person whose life completely embodied the word diligence, which is Jesus Christ. Can you imagine the words, hey, I, I, I can't be bothered with that right now. 
or maybe just, well, you know, I, I, I don't really care. Can you ever imagine those words coming out of the mouth of Jesus? Never. He absolutely lived life with intense passion. He had pain and he had suffering, no doubt. But he did, he lived his life to the fullest and everyone who was around him knew that he cared for them like no one else. They knew that they mattered to him. Jesus was the opposite of slothfulness. So this morning, let's look at three essential things that we have to have in our lives if we want to conquer slothfulness and remove its grip from our life. And once again, the first one is about the same as everyone, every other one has been in this series. We have to stop and be honest with ourselves and we have to recognize the areas of slothfulness in our life. The first step of getting rid of sloth in our life is, is we have to identify and admit the areas of our life that it's really having an effect on. So stop and think this morning. What areas of life have I just kind of grown bored with? What are the areas of my life that I just don't seem to care about a whole lot anymore? Sloth has begun its grip. We need to let this verse from Psalms be our prayer. It's Psalms 139, 23. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. What areas of your life have you just kind of been going through the motions in? Maybe your job, your family, your marriage, relationships with friends. You've just kind of been going through the motions. At work, are, are, you, are you just doing enough at work to kind of keep yourself from getting fired? If so, slothfulness. Now, Elaine, did you raise your hand and say, just say, yep, that's me, just doing enough to keep myself from getting fired. I saw that hand shoot up. It was kind of a rhetorical question, but I, we appreciate the honesty. <laughs> we can't face these issues till we're honest with ourselves, right? So, <laughs> so thank you for that honesty. <laughs> we won't tell your boss, okay? It, <laughs> just kind of be our little secret till you get that worked out. <laughs> Now, you don't have to raise your hand on this. This is also a rhetorical question. Are you doing just enough in your marriage to kind of keep your spouse from screaming at you? It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> this is the honesty section right here. If you want to be honest with God and everyone else, you sit in this general area right here. Not over here. These people are all liars, obviously. I never saw one hand go up anywhere in this whole area over here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I will say this about allowing slothfulness to creep in our job performance. You know, in the economy that we live in, if you're not excited and interested in your job, there are thousands of people right now who are ready, waiting, and they are more than willing to take your place. Just thought I'd throw that in for free, okay? But maybe you've been fighting some 
spiritual sloth. You used to be really on fire for God and you were faithful in your uh, church attendance, being part of your, your small group, reading God's Word, spending time in prayer, but all of a sudden you realize that you just don't really care about it as much as you used to. If you, if you, if you do it, okay. If you don't, tomorrow's another day. Sloth is getting a grip. You know, in this society in which we live today, another really big form of slothfulness is called escapism. That's what psychologists, a word they like to use, escapism. There are all sorts of avenues in which to try to escape life these days. Television can be escapism. Computer games, internet, Facebook can be escapism. Pornography, drugs, alcohol, the list goes on. All of these things can fall into this category called escapism. You're bored with life and you're just trying to find some way to escape from its reality. And you're using these other forms to try to escape the reality of your life. And that, one of the biggest dangers of slothfulness is that it really deadens our heart to God's presence in our life and His purpose for our life. Sloth makes us blind to what God is doing in our life. Slothfulness makes us blind to the blessings that God has placed in our life. And instead of being thankful, we're just bored and we don't care. That's why I think a lot of people struggle with depression today. They have surrounded themselves with enough negative circumstances in life that they can't see God's presence, they can't see His blessing in their life, and they can't see His purpose in the midst of those circumstances. That gets depressing. Here's the, one of the keys, I think. If you're bored with life right now and you want God to change things, you need to become passionate about what you're doing right now. Where you're at right now. Because if you're being slothful with all of the blessings that God has already given you, why would He even think about doing more for you? We need to become passionate and thankful about where we're at now and what God has blessed us with now. If we want God to do something big in our lives, we've got to be passionate about what we have right now and we need to do our best at it. Not just enough to barely coast by. We need to do our best at it and see what blessing God begins to pour into our life. A slothful person will hit the snooze button a half a dozen times in the morning. Not necessarily because they're lazy. It might be because they just are not excited about what this new day has in store. Because slothfulness has just taken away their passion, their joy for life. It's not always because they're lazy. That's why the slothful thing, it's more dangerous than just lazy. Here's the second essential to conquering slothfulness in our life. 
Set godly goals in major areas of your life. Godly goals will always pull us up out of the muck and the mire. Godly goals literally pull us up out of despair. Godly goals pull us up out of financial problems, missed opportunities, boredom, and, and troubled relationships. But the key is to begin to set some godly size goals. You know, maybe a troubled area in your life, maybe it is finances. People's, a lot of people struggle with finances. Set some godly goals if you have not done so already. Set a goal to begin paying tithe and just see what God begins to do in your life. Maybe set a goal to spending less on non-essential stuff. How many of us spend money on non-essential stuff? We all do. Tell you what, when times get tight, that's a great time to cut back on non-essential stuff. Maybe even set a goal to start selling off some non-essential stuff. Sometimes non-essential stuff bogs our life down. And if times are getting tough, sell it off because it's not worth, things are not worth our right attitude in our heart towards God and what He has for our life. Things are not worth us being distracted from the things that God really wants for us in our life. Things aren't worth it. Like I say, there's nothing wrong with things as long as they're not distracting you from accomplishing what God really wants to do in your life. Amen? Maybe you've got some marital sloth. Set some goals. Start to have a goal for a date night with your spouse. If you can't work in a one date night a week, set a goal for at least once a month. And if the problem is you just cannot afford a babysitter, you call the church. We will find someone for you while you and your spouse go out and do something together that's free. Because if it costs a lot of money, you'd have had money for a babysitter and you could still done something free. These are financial lessons I'm trying to impart here. We'll find somebody. Pastor Chris won't mind coming over and watching your kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. <laughs> He'll come watch your kids. We'll just tell him, get over there. That's how we do it. <laughs> so you let us know. Whatever area of life you seem to be struggling in with sloth, begin to set some heavenly goals and see the changes that begin to take place. Slothfulness is something that we have to learn to overcome. We have to commit to eradicating it from our life. It's not something that just is going to come natural in our life. Take God's warnings uh, to us uh, to heart and believe them. They're real. Now here's another good one found in Proverbs 6, 9-11. through 11. It says, <laughs> the Bible doesn't, God never cuts corners. He says, but you lazy bones... How long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. 
scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. It's pretty black and white, right? People tend to gloss over some of these things. If you've got God's Word calling you a lazy bones, you need to make some changes. This one area that we, that we can't afford to be slothful in is the one area that most people are slothful in, which is spiritual growth in our life. We suffer sometimes from spiritual slothfulness. And spiritual sloth will absolutely affect every area of our lives. Set some goals, amen? Daily goal for reading God's Word. A daily goal for spending time in prayer with Him. Set a goal to fast over the areas of your life that you are slothful in. And set a goal to read uh, some good uplifting books maybe in these areas that you're struggling with along with God's Word. All of this brings us to the third essential for defeating sloth, which is stop making excuses and get started. Stop making excuses and get started. Proverbs 22.13 says, The lazy man is full of excuses. We can always find excuses why it's just not very convenient to make some changes in our life right now. You know, maybe a little later I'll be able to make some changes. Right? Can't do it right now. We just have to do it. We have to stop and we've got to make some changes and set some goals. Stop waiting for things to be perfect before you set some goals and make some changes because that state of perfection is never going to come, right? Well, when things slow down at work, I'll, I'll make a change. You know, when this or that happens, I'll have more time to read my Bible and pray right now. You know, God knows I'm just way too, way too busy. When things get a little better at home, maybe I'll give that a try. When my spouse starts acting a little bit better, maybe I'll make some change. It's their fault. That's why I can't change. By the way, we are having baptisms this morning, so if you're getting baptized, now might be a good time to head that way and start getting ready. So if you're waiting for these things to change, to get good before you start to do some good things, Satan has got you right where he wants you. He's got you all bogged down in slothville. If you're waiting for the economy to get better before you can start being faithful to God in your finances, don't look for anything to change anytime soon. The real issue in all of these areas of life, it has nothing to do with perfect conditions because perfect conditions rarely are there. It has everything to do with serving a perfect God. I'm going to repeat that because I think it bears repeating. The real issue in our areas of life they don't have anything to do with waiting on perfect conditions. It has everything to do with serving a perfect God. A perfect God that has a plan for your life. A perfect God that wants uh, to move you from a place of slothfulness to this place of diligence. A place where you actually are making a difference in the world around you. You may think you don't. You do make a difference. You make a difference by being diligent, and you make a difference by being slothful. 
It's just that the last one, you're making a bad difference, but you're making a difference. A place where we're making a difference in the world, where we're living a life that brings glory to God instead of shame to Christianity. You know, if you claim to be a Christian to the people you work with or go to school with, they should see you living a life of diligence. And if they're not, then just stop telling them you're a Christian. It makes Jesus look bad. Till you get things figured out. Begin to take some action today to move out of those places of slothfulness and move into places of action. I'm going to do something about this. I am going to be thankful for all that God has given me. I'm going to stop complaining about everything I don't have. And I'm going to be I'm going to have a heart of gratitude for all that God has given me. Move out of those places of sloth into places of action. I want to I'll close by reading Philippians 4:9. And it says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. I want to say a prayer over all of us and then we're going to go into our time of baptisms this morning. Lord Jesus, I, I pray this morning that you would help move uh, all of us, Lord, to always help us guard ourselves against slothfulness from creeping into our lives. Lord, it is such an easy thing to happen if we're not looking for it, for it, if we're not paying attention, if we're not guarding ourselves against it. Lord, help us to be diligent in, in our jobs and in our relationships, in our spiritual life. Let us be diligent rather than slothful, Lord God. Let us make the most of each day that you give us. Every day of life is a blessing. And let us recognize that each morning, Lord God, that we give you thanks for another day of life to serve you to the fullest. And we just give you praise and glory, Lord God. In your name we ask these things. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.